This is My Take Radio's Behind the Mic. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new installment of My Take Radio's Behind the Mic interview series. Joining us are the team of Punching the Walls of Reality, recommended to us by This Week in the Cinema by Devin Gamble. Um, joining me, Prometheus and Jay. What's going on, boys? How are you? What's going on? Doing well, doing well. So, of course, the the easy softball question to get the ball rolling. Let our listeners know a little bit about Punching the Walls of Reality and how you guys came up with that title, because that's the craziest title I've heard for a show in a while. Well, the title, the inspiration was kind of funny. Um, Agamemnon here was telling me about, uh, was it is it Identity Crisis? Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis, um, you know, the DC comic. And he was explaining just in detail, you know, I'm sitting there listening, and it sounded, you know, it sounded really interesting. I don't really read a lot of DC other than Batman, because, you know, Batman's the best. And then he got to the point about Superboy Prime punching the walls of reality to, like, reset time. And I just lost it, and I just started laughing. And I wanted to name everything punching the walls of reality. <laughs> and uh, what actually came to naming the website, he wouldn't let it go. And before the, the website actually uh, existed like it does now, I kept, for, like, what, four or five months, we just yeah. kept, like, we couldn't uh, agree. And we kept coming back on, like, what to name it. And, like, yeah, you know, let's call it Chump Squad or let's call it, you know, Baby something else. <laughs> Baby May Cry or something like that. Um, and we couldn't think of everything. But every time he would pass it off as a joke, how about punching the walls of reality? And it would just get on my nerves. Like, no, it's too fucking long. And um, Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on your show. No, nope, it's ask. cool. It's cool. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> um, and eventually I just gave in like I tend to do with any of his demands. <laughs> so it's a war of attrition. Here we are. PTWOR.com. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it was funny because when, b- before we started recording, I, you know, I had spoken to, to Devin and she was like, Oh, you should check them out. So I, so I started perusing your site and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in not, listening or trying to follow too much of the stuff that follows that does what I do because you end up inadvertently absorbing ideas. It happens. So I kind of subscribed, but didn't invest myself in there until I started seeing some of the other stuff you guys did, like, you know, the safe file corrupted podcast. And I'm like, you know what? This is a lot different than some of the other stuff I heard. So that was why I reached out to you guys to, to set this interview up because you guys, you got the gaming, you have comics on lock, you do some TV stuff, movies, cosplay, which not too many people are doing. And those those that are doing it are using it just as a, as a poor excuse to put some boobs out there. And, um, <laughs> you know, you guys you guys are, are are pretty, pretty well versed in some MMA. So what made you guys start kind of going into that multifaceted style website that not too many people are doing. Most people are just picking one or two topics and sticking with it. What made you guys want to expand into into such a diverse group of things? Well, you want to start? No, uh, it kind of came together organically. I mean, the whole thing was we started off with a podcast, and we didn't know how to make a website and how to upload a podcast at first, so we just started writing blogs, and we would just write about whatever our interests were. So, and everything you see on the site are pretty much all things that we like that you know are kind of under the umbrella of pop culture. And it just kind of expanded from there. It's like, all right, before we only had, I think, maybe movies and TV. And then I was like, oh, well, I want to write about comic books. And then we added comic books. And cosplay is a pretty recent addition. And it just kind of keeps growing. Like, like we're, try- we're going to try and stick with the categories we have now. But it-, it pretty much just kind of developed from there, like just from the ground up. Just, you know, I like comics. I like movies. I like TV. So it's like, all right, Game of Thrones is on. I want to write about Game of Thrones. And it's kind of, you know, 
kind of like fly by the seat of our pants and just whatever whatever we're interested in. That's what we tend to write about. Well, you guys are pretty active in the in the Texas pop culture scene. You know, there's there's a lot of solid cons in Texas. There's a there's a lot of good stuff going on out there. And I wanted to to ask you guys ask you guys about it because how do, how does the dynamic work out there versus say Los Angeles or New York or Chicago? Well, as far as the the Comic Con goes, yes. <laughs> I have I've not had the opportunity to go out to California to see a con. The the only other out of state ones I've seen were Arizona, like way back when Todd McFarlane was drawing Spawn. He's king. <laughs> yeah, and I went to Heroes Con in Charlotte. And I don't know if this is the way it is for a lot of cons, but the thing that was the the most startling for me is the charging of twenty dollars for an autograph because. When I was a kid, no one ever charged for autographs. And when I was in Charlotte, I mean, I got Brian Hitch to sign my Ultimates. You know, I got Joe Quesada to sign my um, Wolverine Origins. And then all of a sudden I get here and it's like, you know, Agamemnon has a really good story about his experience in Dallas Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, no, it was this recent one. Actually. Oh, well, that was one it? too. But I thought the, the um, Lou Ferrigno one. Oh, yeah, the Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Oh, um, man. Big Go ahead. wipe. Uh, I like Lou Ferrigno, you know, not to... Um, put solely on his name, but uh, I was I was always a big fan of the whole TV show when I was a kid, you know, and I I wasn't really like into it, like oh my god, the stories are incredible because I'm sure they really weren't, but <laughs> uh, you know, you see the Hulk, you're a kid, and and, and you know when Circle K's used to exist way back when, um, and 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 uh, corner stores used to sell comic books for uh, thirty three cents. Uh, I used to pick up a Hulk comic book or Clone Saga uh, Spider-Man uh, issue, and um, I, you know, I just loved the Hulk, and that's how I grew up learning comics. I was kind of like, I lived out in the middle of nowhere in, uh, in Del Valley, Texas, which is just right, you know, a couple miles outside of Austin. And you know, 20 years ago, you know, downtown Austin was maybe like three miles wide, and uh, now it's like, you know, seven, eight miles wide. You know, it's just it's very far-reaching now. So you think. Now, if you go out to Del Valley, it's like, oh, well, the airport's out there as well. And, you know, it used to be an Air Force base. So all this stuff changed. And um, basically, just to go back to the point, I was far away from a lot of things. And, you know, like I'm sure you can relate to being in New York. Uh, the way my wife describes it is there's a bodega two corners away. And there's a laundromat uh, on the other side of the street. And, you know, there's like 18 million different restaurants within like a three block radius yep. and uh there, there was no restaurants within about 15 miles there was about i think there was a pizza hut 12 miles away from me and i literally just lived in the middle of nowhere the closest hospital is like 20 miles away <laughs> so seeing a hulk comic out in the middle of nowhere I was just like yes hulk hulk this is awesome so you know i, I grew up loving lou ferrigno you know he was really cool uh staying at my grandma's house and stuff and that's all i would watch all day is is uh, hulk reruns and um so I finally get to meet this guy back in uh, 2007 at a uh, Dallas Comic Con, which I think was like the first, uh, the last year, the second to the last year um, before they shut it down and moved it to Austin. And um, so I was like, "Yeah, can we take a picture with you?" And he was like, "Oh, I take my own pictures and I do Polaroids." And I was just kind of like, "Well, how much are the Polaroids?" Well, I, no, actually, I didn't think they were they cost anything. I was like, "Okay, that sounds cool." He's like, "Yeah, I needed to see twenty dollars first. I was like twenty dollars, and I looked at my wife, and um, she usually kind of protects me because she's more of a hard ass than I am. So she was like, "No, thank you." Kind of put 
her hand in his face, and I think he got a little insulted at that. And so we walked off and just took a picture of him far away, and I kind of put it, uh, myself in front of the picture. <laughs> so Just crop it in. Yeah, I just have like a really big head next to the entirety of Lou Ferrigno's body. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it, to hear you mention Lou Ferrigno, it's funny because we, I, we have a, like, we've long established that Lou Ferrigno's a complete douchebag because we, we much like you, were covering a con, and a little boy, no younger than five, walks up. I guess he had seen the Hulk movie where Lou Ferrigno had shown up. I think he played the security yeah. guard. It was the Ed Norton one. And um, he walked up. Little, no, no younger than five. I kid you. Not. He walks up. He's like, wow, you were the Incredible Hulk that my dad watched. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, can you sign my, my picture? And he was like, sure. Can you just go and get $20 from your mom? And I'm like... No way this, did this just happen. So a buddy of mine that was with me, he um he went to um you know like the Olympias and a lot of that stuff. So he used to see Lou Ferrigno often. They used to tell me he's like, dude, he's a total douchebag. But you know, I, I didn't take stock in it because it was a different scene. But to hear right. him to hear him with an earshot say that to a kid, and then my my buddy he was just like, Lou Ferrigno, you know you're a big piece of shit, and he's just <laughs> and he yelled that, and he's like. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, we're going to get thrown out of here. He's like, he can only hear me in one fucking ear anyway. Fuck that guy. And he was <laughs> upset because it's true. It's like it's a little boy. So hearing you share your story is yeah. not shocking in the least. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to say. Yeah. And that's the thing. It seems like that didn't happen before because when I was a kid, like you wanted to go get something signed, you know, it didn't matter how big they were. If they were at a Comic-Con, they were going to sign your stuff. You know, yeah. you pay the price of admission. You wait in your line for like an hour and then someone signs your book or signs your toy or whatever you have there. And it seems like, I don't know if that's just changed. I don't know, you know, it, it, it's because it seems like it wasn't that long ago that, that it was it was like that. No, the, the, the con culture now is exactly that. Everybody, you, you have to have a separate budget just for, for autographs, ah, which is crazy. Yeah. You got to have a separate autograph budget. Like here, like we wanted to do Wizard World at the end of the month, and it's like, you know, we, we cover a lot of wrestling, so it's like, to me, CM Punk, it's like it's 75 bucks, And, you know, that's the that's like the quote-unquote complete experience. You get on the line, he signs a picture, he takes a photo. I'm like, I'm like it's $75. Add that to the, to the $50 admission. So it, it's definitely a trend that has changed over the last couple of years, and it's applicable to everybody from, from C-listers all the way up. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I, I would feel like it wasn't the complete experience unless I got to hit him with a chair. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm satisfied now. I got my $75 worth. Yeah. yeah I actually had a similar uh, uh, Lou Ferrigno experience, but uh, with Arthur um, – I always forget how to say his name, but I want to say it's Suidam. Yeah, Arthur Suidam. He does uh, Marvel Zombies. Correct, yeah. And so when I found out he was there along with um, – Jim Chung, he he did the art for Young Avengers, that, which was um, one of my first uh, returning comics after I hadn't, you know, I was I hadn't read for a long time, for a couple of years, and when I came back, I came back when uh, Young Avengers had started up. So I'm a big fan of Jim Chung's work. With Jim Chung, there's there, it's only sad because um, I didn't have my Young Avengers book, and then I asked him, I was like, "You're Jim Chung?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, I sure am." And he was just being sarcastic, but it was real funny. You know, he was really cool about it. And um, and he was super super nice, super sweet guy. 
And um, I talked to him for a couple of minutes, and uh, I was like, are you going to be here tomorrow? He's like, I will be here until 4. Well, I didn't get that weekend off at Austin Comic Con uh, while Prometheus and my brother and, and uh, wife did. And uh, Well, she doesn't work weekends. Never mind. Anyways, um, they were going to be there, so I told my wife, take Young Avengers, because she's also a huge fan. It's like, Jim Chung is there. I know you're not too familiar with him or what he looks like, but here's his booth. He's going to be here tomorrow. He's already left today. Um, and you know, take the book with you and get it signed because I get out of work at three and I won't be there until about almost four o'clock. And so I got there, he was gone and my wife completely forgot. And I was like, (laughs) no, so I was real pissed. So I went, I went to the next best thing. I also had brought my Marvel zombies hardcover and I went to go see Arthur Soydam and I was like, can you please sign this? I'm a huge fan of your artwork and I fucking love everything you do, man. It's great. And he was just kind of looked at me. He was like, yeah, sure, but um, do you mind buying a couple of prints, at least 30 bucks worth? And I <laughs> was just cow. like, I was floored. I was like, okay, one, I barely even got $10 in my name. It was like, <laughs> and there was like a shirt booth uh, from some company in New York, and it had tons of crazy cool shirts, and I couldn't afford any of them. And so I was like, if I don't, you know, I love shirts. I, anytime I find a novelty tee, you know, I, I buy it and I wear it. And so if I don't even have money for that, I damn sure don't have money for um you know a couple of, of prints and and uh just to get an autograph and i just kind of looked at him and i was like um okay let me go find an atm because i don't carry cash and then i just never return <laughs> that's crazy man it's a it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy culture the the cons now because and, and i'm sure you guys can agree to this that comic cons have no longer become comic cons now they're games movies I mean, San Diego's a prime example. That used to just be comics, and then it kind of went into collectibles and statues and toys, and then before you knew it, you know, they were unveiling four-star movie titles there, and huge celebrities yeah. were walking around incognito. So it's it's a changing of the culture because it's it's something where it's just mainstream to the point where being a geek became acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like an E3 of, like, cinema and TV you know, because you go there and, and um, or I don't go there, but people that go there, you know, there's there's a lot of cosplayers that show up and people that go enjoy the cons and, you know, like Hall H is like obviously like the place to be for, for unveilings and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have like TV shows like How I Met Your Mother and, and, and Chuck that when it was there and, you know, other TV shows like that and then movies, you know, like, yeah, you get to like, didn't they show like Iron Man 3 there last year before they, they brought it out? Um, yeah. I don't know, but most likely. It was something like that. They or, or no, the the previous uh, San Diego. I think they had showed uh, what they had of the Avengers. I believe it was, it was some Marvel movie, uh, but they showed the movie there, and it didn't show up, you know, until like summer um, the following year. So yeah, they do a lot like, of wow. premieres there. It's like comics are pretty much taking a back seat. It's like it's still called Comic Con, but comics is kind of like secondary to everything else. I mean, it's pretty much once like the whole like geek culture became profitable. It's just like companies are just pouring more and more money into it. Which, on one hand, is good because I mean, we wouldn't have got a movie like Avengers like ten years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. besides, I, I mean, like aside from just special effects, but I mean, they wouldn't have had the faith in it to to do it. So it's good for that. But on the other hand, it's like, well, you know, the, like you're saying, the whole culture of the of the con is completely changed as a result. Well, looking looking at, at you know the the stuff you guys cover, what what do you think has been the toughest thing in in like securing a foothold in this type of a niche? Do you think it's more so just having the the more unique content or or trying to strike first with news 
or do you feel that it's more about people being able to relate to your content in general? Uh, for me, it's uh, I can't speak for Prometheus, but for me, it's relatability. Um, I, I like to write my articles in uh as more of like a opinions well they are very they're they're highly opinionated yep not that i have a high opinion of myself because i don't um but i think i like to pretend that my opinion matters to at least one other person out there <laughs> in internet land so I, I write that with that person in mind and uh and uh i, I try to please you know a, a couple of people but at the end of the day I, I have to make sure that i'm pleased with myself and that i don't feel like a sellout and uh i, I think you had mentioned you know, trying to be like the first in news. I just want to touch up on that. Like when you're kind of indie the way we are, when there's no like uh, we don't have any real backing, we don't make a whole lot of money off this uh, <laughs> at all. <laughs> our, our own jobs that we have, we're corrections officers here. Um, our jobs are pretty much, you know, we save up and put money aside and we buy the equipment and stuff with our credit cards and max crap out. And uh, like this audio equipment that you might see on this secondary camera I have, um, you know, I maxed out my credit card to get my wife this camera, and I'm, it's on loan right now. So if I mess it up, she kills me, uh, and I could, I don't go home tonight. But the mixer and stuff, you know, that was another couple of hundred dollars, and and that set me back uh, financially. And um, you know, it took me a while to pay all that stuff back. Um, so if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, just keep stuff like that in mind. That it takes a lot of hard work. But um, you know, when you don't have that backing, you don't you don't have um the insider tips uh, like bigger companies like Destructoid or IGN or, or Polygon have uh, or even uh, movie websites like Hollywood Reporter. You know, they have insiders. They they work with – they have people that work with Paramount and stuff like that. So they get the juicy stuff and those people are always going to be the ones with the, with, the, with the breaking news and the stories, uh, things like that. And then people like us pretty much um, – we get the trickle down almost like fish with the little food <laughs> falling from the aquarium. And they're, 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 you know, I, people like IGN are the ones, you know, they're, they're feeding the fish and we're the fish and we have to type up our own reviews and pretend like we got it late breaking or, or put our own spin on it. So that's, that's really where I try to focus and, and put my own spin. And, um, you know, for me, like a big thing is kind of, uh, putting references, uh, and making sure that, you, you're not coming off as like you're the person that that brought the news and like no you know you got to give credit where credit's due first so or at least uh, the first place you've read it from yeah just to kind of piggyback on that yeah trying trying to differentiate yourself by trying to have the breaking news but with, with where we are it's like it's completely impossible it's like sometimes we'll post like a news article like a week later and like Agamemnon says it's like we're like the heads in the in Futurama just sitting there just trying to you know yeah. <laughs> trying try to try to get you know the news that trickles down like for me i feel like we differentiate ourselves at least for me i, I try to put more humor into what i'm saying yep. and just like memnon says you know try to have like more of an opinion so i usually try to only write about things that i either have a very strong positive opinion and i just geek out over it or something worse it's like i just i hate it and think it's stupid so that way you know there's an actual you know connection an actual response it's not just like run of the mill hey this is what happened blah 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 because you can get that anywhere so it's like you, the reason why you'd want to go to Punch in the Walls reality is because you know you you get you get something a little bit different. And overall, it's like with you know with the expansion of geek culture, it's like I feel like you know the market's very saturated. Like you go, it's like every day I find a new site that does like exactly the same thing, and it's it's almost like overwhelming because it's like when we first started this site, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm thinking we have something unique, and then yeah. you know I've searched around the internet and I find like ten more other ones, and I'm like, all right, I well. don't know how many like reviews or like things I've seen to where you know I see like an actor tied to a, a movie that I've been enjoying, and I hate the actor, or, or um, 
a new video game's coming out or a, or a video game that's had setbacks. And I'm reading like so many other uh, articles about the same damn thing, and it's just kind of like it just gets ups- not not really upsetting, but it's just kind of like you know why even bother? There's like I'm reading like 15 other articles, and like seven of those are probably better than anything I could put out there. So <laughs> you know, I just I scrap it. A lot of times I just scrap it, and, and it might have been good. It might have gotten tons of hits. It could have put it us on the map, you know, for all I know. But you know, I you know I've deleted so many and and just like move on to the next thing and like well there's not a whole lot of people talking about uh well this game came out called death inc and it didn't get a whole lot of views but you know it was a game that i cared about and it didn't meet its kickstarter goal and then the company went under um back in april or may so it was a sad story and not a whole lot of people were talking about it so um you know i wrote about that and in one month it got like 200 views and next month it got like 400 and you know, this month it, it's hardly even been touched upon because it's old news. Nobody cares. Yeah, but you, but you see, one of one of the things that made me want to interview you guys was exactly that. Just the the unique voice that you guys apply to all your content. I mean, even even when when you guys were touching on Ronda Rousey dropping out. I mean, uh, Misha Tate dro- taking Kazangano's place to coach on the Ultimate Fighter and stuff like that. I read it and it, and it just I was reading it in the voice of somebody who really gave a damn about the story. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a copy paste race because that's that's the kind of thing that that really I like you were saying that you read ten or fifteen different sites that may cover the same thing, but you know what? It's the one that's able to touch you in a unique way because of the way they present their content that matters most. Yeah, you could read IGN, you could read Polygon, but at the end of the day, whatever site you read, you're reading it because it provides something else that those other sites aren't delivering. So you know, I, I mean, you guys got to take pride in that. Yeah, I appreciate that that you can recognize that just because like I, I feel like I've been trying to do that, but I haven't been sure if that's actually what's been coming across. You know, cause we don't very we don't often get much feedback or any feedback at all. So I'm all, I'm always trying to try things, and then it's like, all right, well, did anyone like it? Did they not like it? And I have no idea. So I don't know. I appreciate you saying that. You know, that yeah. means a lot. Yeah, I, mean, well, a I lot try of to com- leave you con- I try to leave you comments when I can. You know, because it's it's exactly that. People want to read. People want to know. Like, hey. Am I thro- am I throwing this gum at the wall? It's sticking. Does anybody notice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I appreciate all the comments. Yeah, as well. that's definitely how it feels. And you know, I like to think that all of our none of our articles are really like overpassed. And it's not just you're not just going to get like a little paragraph and and a picture that's even bigger than the paragraph itself. <laughs> you know, I hate going to to websites like IGN. I, I I'm sorry to say if if any if you or any of your viewers love IGN, I fucking hate it. I nope. think they're garbage. I don't hate. Honestly. I don't. I don't like. I don't like them. So I share your pain, but I don't like them because they've reached a level of high. We're at the top of the food chain, and we're gonna get lazy. I like. I like yeah. sites that are hungry. You know, that are going out there and they put out five or ten articles a day, and each one is is a couple of lines, and it's not copying and pasting a press release. And I understand that we all do that shit. We all paste a press release in there, but at least make that initial content that you're putting in there worthwhile yeah. and even if you want to even if you want to pad your numbers and get some some articles out there with some press releases and some shit that's fine but make sure that your readers are reading at least three or four other articles that are unique and individual yeah and and, and yeah i totally agree and and that's the thing is like you know i don't know how many times i've uh, written up an article and just thought like okay i'm gonna keep this short and sweet it's gonna be an easy day and i'm gonna make like seven of these in like eight hours and then that first one that i write goes from you know 
theoretically being a two to three hundred uh, word uh, article, and it becomes a completely opinionated eight hundred uh, word article. And I was just like, where did all this other stuff come from? Because like the more <laughs> you dwell on it, the more like you're just kind of like, oh okay, and you know I can add this, or you know I found another article that says this, and then you turn it, you can just turn it into a whole other uh, other thing, and. You know, for me, a lot of times, uh, a simple blur becomes a complete. Uh, it just becomes a dissertation. <laughs> a, a lot of times, also, just to touch up on IGN, and I, I do agree that they're lazy, but it's a different kind of lazy because although they've been lazy with content, they'll, they'll post like um, like my last uh, gripe I had with them since uh, and kind of caused me to stop going to that website altogether. They did a thing about uh, Final Fantasy versus thirteen. And uh, they came out with a video and then an, also an article and then also another article that was almost mirrored to the other article uh, in question. But it had the article and the video combined. It was just, I don't know, it was just retarded. Um, but even in the video it says, yeah, because um, I, I, I forget the details, but it was like, yeah, it looks like the game's going to be canceled um, because it, it's not going to show up at the, at, the, at the Sony press conference that they had back in, uh, I think, August, late August or September and so they're going around causing all this all this mayhem and havoc, and people are like flipping their lids on the comments, um, saying like, "Oh, the game's canceled and stuff." And it's like, I, I don't know where they read that the game was canceled because I'm reading the same thing that they that they posted. And there's nothing that says <laughs> the game's canceled. They just talked about the new Final Fantasy 13, where you know lightning comes back, uh, and and I just I wrote a whole thing about it, and then I even tweeted to to IGN about it, and. Um, I, I wish I could remember what they said, but it made me so proud. And they were like, yeah, I don't know what you're getting. That. Like, we only report facts. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> even if you change the, the words in the article, the, the video of, uh, I think his name is Damon Hatfield, uh, oh, okay. the guy with the lisp. Uh, yeah, he was saying, it, it was just outright, he was, he was saying rumor as fact. You know, and it's just like, you're not reporting this as a rumor, you're reporting this as a fact. And I said something to them. On Twitter, yeah, they try to deny it, like with some to that snide effect. Comment. Like, yeah, we only report uh, news, uh, uh, factual news. And I was just like, that's complete bullshit because <laughs> you're creating all this thing that even caused Sony to come out or Square Onyx to come out and say, hey, um, you know, we didn't cancel the game. Mm-hmm. I, I think at this point they've like spent way too much money, and and now this weekend it got released. It's being, um, uh, it's called Final Fantasy 15 now. <laughs> So well, that's all. Well, that the, the reasoning that that happened is because it's it's just link baiting. It, it's like, oh. you know, it, it's like walking into walking into your job and saying, hey, don't tell anybody. But I shot a person on the way to work by the <laughs> time by the time the day is over, you'll have really shot three people because that's yeah. what's going to happen. And that's that's what that's what that's what IGN does. I mean, they they they've been guilty of that on numerous occasions. They'll go, they'll drop, they'll drop up a, a a pebble in the water, and then the ripple will just get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they'll just backlink, backlink, and then oh, they'll re-release it with some with some altered wording, and and that's it. I mean, that's one of that that's one of the oldest secrets in just in terms of just webs getting ahead on the web, just evergreen content that you can relink to and backlink to, and before you know it. Your 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 whole site is pretty much sending everybody in a circle jerk. Yeah, that, yeah that's really what it is. Because I mean, they have uh, biographies on actors and, and video games that are, that don't tell you anything more than what the side panel on Wikipedia tells you about, mm-hmm. like The Last of Us, and all it is is like developer release date, 
uh, name of the game, you know, and it's just like this play page and, you know, all these pages and now they do Wikis and in my IGN and all those are being done with, you know, pretty much a CPM in mind and, and, and it kind of causes yep. their writing to be really lazy and then people wonder why all their writing staff is let go because all they're worried <laughs> about they don't need it is all that money from CPM yeah. coming in and they're like, well, we don't really need all, all this big writing staff. Let's keep more money and, and just keep, you know, a few of these guys around. Yep, only some of the more garbage ones. <laughs> well, I mean, it's ve- it's very easy to regurgitate content. I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer in evergreen content as long as it's evergreen with a purpose. Like if 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 you guys you know you guys write an article or 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 let's say you guys put out a new episode of let's say save file corrupted and you reference the Xbox One and six months later you decide I'm going to write an article about the Xbox One. The the smart thing is hey I'm going to reference the the show because I talked about it. But these guys, mm-hmm. they'll reference 17 podcasts that talked about it, you know, three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was the thing. Uh, uh, they had like five or six different podcasts, and uh, a lot of them were really good. And they had one called uh, – I don't know if they still do it anymore, but it was called Girl Fight. And then uh, once upon a time, one day, like half of those girls were just let go. Like they had this huge like uh, exodus, uh, mass firing, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And uh, a lot of people were really sad about, you know, certain – I think one was um, – I forget her name, but she was a big Pokemon fanatic, hmm. and she was let go. And, and I think um, they slowed down that podcast at least. And then all of a sudden, the other one with uh, with uh, Greg uh, – I forget his name. Miller. Greg Miller, yeah, that one kind of came to the forefront, and that one started getting – a podcast beyond, I think that's what it's called. But, yeah, you know, I don't – it kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, what uh, – uh, I guess uh, favorability, how it how it how it gets run over there, and people that actually do write really good articles are the ones that are let go, and ones that just kind of how you say um, regurgitate just the, the same stuff as everyone else, um, and 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 nothing more. It's just base information. It's like you know what is this Associated Press or something? You know, it's just really base stuff, and you know it's just more informative than uh, you don't get any kind of uh, you know. Then even if it if if they can't have it to be opinionated, at least make it entertaining to some extent. You know, to where I feel like uh, I, I'm I feel better about reading what, what what they're writing instead of just you know looks like a dictionary entry or something. <laughs> oh no, I. I <laughs> I can I can agree with that. Go ahead. You were gonna say feel, you were gonna say something. Uh, I was just gonna say I don't know. IGN sometimes tries to be entertaining. Like I would rather just read their dictionary entry news because every time they try to be funny, like they fall flat on their faces. Like for me, like that was that was that was what I stopped going to IGN. Like they, it was around when Battlefield Three and Modern Warfare Three were about to come out. And they had this article, and it, it was like it was before the games came out, and they were trying to bait you into clicking the link. It was like IGN's top dog picks which franchise is better. Yep. And then I click on the link, and it's a video, and it's a fucking dog, an actual dog, like a little chihuahua. Yeah, and they're having him like go to which game? Like I didn't, I don't even know which one because I didn't care. I clicked it off. And I'm like, I'm done with this site. Like they do that all the time. Like they do, they post a lot of these misleading titles, and it just. It's aggravating. It's like it's not funny and it's not cute. It's like it's, it's so like lame. it's one thing when Yahoo does it. Well, Yahoo makes enticing um, titles where you're just like, like I don't want to click this because I know it's going to be. Dumb. A lot of times they can be good, yeah. But then there's other times where it's just like this is garbage. Why did I <laughs> click on this? Well, that's, no, IGN's different. Good. No, what I was going to say is well, that's 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 the secret of 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 getting traffic. It's just if I can if I can lure you in with the title, I've won. That's just mm-hmm. that's just a fact of life. It's just a matter of of, of getting your title game up. The the problem I feel is that you click the title. 
you read the article, you get nothing from it. Oh, That's yeah, the worst yeah. part. There's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's like, hey, where's the beef? Yeah, I've tried to to make like really funny titles, and uh, what was one I did? Uh, top ten for 2012, which is something something in five days. <laughs> oh yeah, some it was really long. It was stupid, but I kept it that way because I thought it was hilarious, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But it, <laughs> it was like the top ten. Yeah, it was it was top ten in uh, most anticipated video games for 2012, and I'm sure if I put that in, that would have got more uh, Google hits or. Uh, uh, just more traffic in general, but people see like stuff like that, and it's just kind of like uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if like a title that long and and uh, and retarded sounding. Would, so you've uh, already exhausted their attention span yeah, in the title. Yeah, it would cause people to to want to click on it. So uh, I've kind of kept it more generic uh, as of recently. Well, while we were on the subject of podcasts, I wanted to talk about the the two that you guys do. You know, straight out of Austin and say file corrupted, and you know I want to kind of get the skinny on those just so our, our audience can become familiar with them. Uh, Straight Out of Austin is is pretty much your, your flagship show. You guys, I believe, are up to episode 66 now? Yeah, right? tomorrow episode 67 will be, will be dropping. Yeah, we recorded it uh, yesterday. With actually, one, uh, we were interviewing uh, one of our other... Uh, she's our horror movie uh, aficionado, uh, Darian Gumper. So she'll be on the show uh, when it posts tomorrow. Okay, cool. I'll make sure to put a link to that in the interview notes. So let, let's get let's get a little bit into into straight out of Austin. Um, what what's the overall gist of the show? So you know, for those that have never listened to it, well, straight out of Austin is really interesting because it, it's evolved so much from the very beginning, and it's like, still evolving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of two different things now. It started off as a show where we would pick random news articles. It's okay. like really off the wall, this craziness, a lot of stuff out of Florida. And just talk about those and just laugh out of them, laugh at them. Sometimes it was tragic. Sometimes it was tragically hilarious. And then we tried to streamline it a little more and just have it more like movies and comic books and games. And then eventually we stayed with that. We took out the games and that splintered off into the Safe All Corrupted podcast. Now we're trying to make it where we interview more um, – People that are either local or just people that we've met like on a personal level that are really cool and try and spotlight like what they're doing like with um with uh Devin from this week in the cinema you know we met her at comic con she's awesome you know so we wanted to give her a platform to talk about you know what she's doing and her YouTube shows and all that and so people that we that we come in contact with we have them on the show and you know pretty much it's just like free reign for them to you know. <laughs> Pretty much like just, you know, enjoy talking about everything that they're working on and just things that they're passionate about in general. And then when we don't have guests, some days it's just we just show up and we just start talking. And wherever wherever our, 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 the conversation goes, you know, it goes like we have we have no structures, it's completely free form and just complete chaos and insanity. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> that. <laughs> now, Save, Save File Corrupted, though, is, is your is your is your gaming podcast and. The the funny thing with that is that it's it's very, and it's a, it's a cliched term, but it's it's very organic. Like obviously the the chemistry you guys have is 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 front and center with that. But you guys come in and you make a lot of valid points on on. It's not just random yelling into the microphone complaining. You know you guys are are, are genuinely passionate about that. But what made you guys? I mean, say file corrupted. You guys are eighteen episodes in. What what made you? want to get into just doing a, a gaming only podcast 
Well, when we were doing Straight Out of Austin and we still had video games, we would always we just had so much video game news, and you know we're big gamers, and it just got to a point where the video games was over, was encompassing the entire podcast Straight Out of Austin. So we're like, all right, well let's you know splinter this off into a, just a game podcast. And with Straight Out of Austin, we give ourselves more leeway to go off into tangents, and we'll just talk about whatever stories we want. We really try to streamline um, Safe File Corrupted to just talk about games. If we if we're gonna make references and jokes, we try to make them game related, so people that are listening know what we're talking about. Because we, you know, when we're doing Straight Out of Austin, we're we always go back to like lost references and just just I don't know. We have like certain things that just come up and they just become like yeah. Memes sometimes the uh, our SOA podcast will sound similar to another podcast you've heard. So if anybody has listened to like all sixty seven or sixty six of the podcasts we've released. Uh, I'm sure a couple of them have, sound, have sounded similar at least one point in the audio stream uh, with another. Yeah, but with Safe All Corrupted, it's just, I don't know, we did, we're just really passionate about games. I would say Agamemnon and uh, Bobby Beetle, who's not here right now, like, um, they have even more so than myself, and I'm still very passionate about games, you know. I don't play as nearly as many as I used to, but, you know, I pop in Skyrim and you won't see me for three months, you know. I'm sitting there looting and <laughs> not selling any of his stuff. <laughs> yeah, I got a house now. I can I can put stuff in there. So yeah, I don't know. We just love video games and we love to make jokes. You know, especially me. Like I, for me, it's like with the podcast. I, I feel like it's humor first, and then you know, then the information. Because again, you can get information anywhere. It's, you, you know, once the internet was invented, like that no longer was uh, something that was rare. So you know, we try and make it funny and entertaining all the way through. Yeah, that were you know the the, the going at it. Going at it that way, I think, is probably the best way to do it because anybody can come and hit record and read the news. I think it takes a, a, a different set of individuals to to disseminate the news and, and give people genuine opinions that people can relate to. Like, anybody could turn on a mic and go, you know what, this game fucking sucks, man. And it's like, <laughs> all right, it sucks, but why? Yeah, you know, like, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's, that's what's important is why does it suck? Well, yeah. The, the the crazy thing with this is that a lot of people that are doing podcasting now, especially, have been making the jump to video, and they're trying to do more video as opposed to audio. Where do, where do you guys fall in that category? How do you feel about the, the evolution of the podcasting medium? Do you think that, that video is probably going to just be the wave of the future in terms of just getting your content out there, or do you still feel that audio itself has has a stronger a stronger threshold? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. We're actually just now starting to make that jump to video. You know, today is the second day we've been setting up the cameras and working with that. And uh, it's something that we've aspired to do. I don't think that the audio podcast will go away because, I don't know, for me personally, I enjoy the format. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm at work, and I just like having something on in the background. You know, a lot of times I don't want to sit there and watch something. You know, I like to multitask and have it on, you know, played in the car while I'm driving. But I think the audio podcast has its own – I think they can coexist. I don't think one is going to cannibalize the other. Um, I think, I think it's just, it just gives you more variety. So with us, you know, I think it would be cool to do the podcast. Sometimes we'll, we're very animated, and sometimes you know, someone will make a gesture that obviously people can't hear. So or it's good. see. Yeah. yeah, or see. Yeah, yeah, yeah see. Because you see with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, we want to be able to give people that insight, and they can see what's going on. So when we have times where – where we can't even get a joke out because we're already laughing and this, uh, you know, so the audience can be like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. So I feel like I feel like the audio is an, or the video is an extension of the pure um, audio podcast, but I don't feel like it's a replacement for it. Okay. 
that makes perfect sense. I mean, for us, we, you know, we're, 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 we're live and it's audio only. And we're contemplating making the jump to video at the, at the behest of, of many people. I, I personally don't know how I'm going to be able to sit in front of a camera for three hours, but that's just me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I applaud you guys for making the jump. You guys are better men than I am. <laughs> yeah, there's only a bit of trepidation because people on the internet in general are assholes. So it's yes. like you put the, it's like you put something up there, and I I want to I, I want to meant to pose this to to Devin going back to this weekend in the cinema. You know, especially with her being female, it's like people are, are are just assholes in the way that they judge people. It's like her being female has nothing to do with her show, but you know, there's always comments you know oh related God, to that. Yeah. So it's like. You know, it's like we're branching off into video, and it's like I'm already just preparing myself mentally for, you know, whatever comments may come. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the YouTube um, program called The Game Station. Well, it's its own little uh, channel you can subscribe to, but they do um, a weekly uh, feed uh, of the, you know, the whole week's video game news. And they have a, like, a rotation of, like, four or five uh, different people that do the news. And, you know, it's like, right. like, you right. see me here in the picture. And, and you know, it's just a typical, typical news thing. Like, right here, they'll have the little um, picture thing, like, newscasters have and shit like that. And one that I'm really a big fan of, mostly because I find her very attractive, is uh, Commander Holly. Uh, but she's really cool. She knows her shit. She's a huge Mass Effect fan. So it's like, everything that I love, you know, I love in her. And, um, Somebody in, in her latest one, I th- think she did last week or the week before, and somebody – like it's a top comment too, uh, and which I just find retarded. But she says, oh, I can't stand her voice. She's fucking annoying, and it, it's, just, it's just the most rude thing, and it's just useless. It's uncalled for, but you know, it's the internet, and you can say whatever the hell you want because no one's going to do anything about it. Yes. And literally, she, like she, she uses her own YouTube account. It says Commander Holly because I subscribed to it too, so I knew it was her, and she just puts sorry. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, sorry. You know, there's, but, and, and to me, it was just – it just kind of said a lot to her. Like um, to me, it just means like, hey, you know – it doesn't matter who these people are; they're listening. You know, th- it doesn't matter if you think they're stuck up or or humble, or if they're never going to read this. They're reading it, and maybe they don't care. But you know, she took the time to just say sorry. I- I'm sorry you don't. You know, she said sorry, but to me, it's like, hey, I'm sorry you don't like my voice. There's nothing I can do about it. But hopefully, uh, you're not focusing on my voice. You're focusing on the news that I'm bringing you. And she's fucking hilarious. So why wouldn't you like her? But no, I mean, yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny that you you pose it in, in 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 such a fashion because the the whole dynamic with with podcasting and even even with with your your website itself is that you're 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 putting your opinions out there and you're sharing them with an audience that you hope and 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 you you hope and pray are similar to you. The mm. problem with that is that for every three people that are similar to you, there are twelve people that think you're bullshit. So it, it's it always becomes an uphill climb to just get out there and get get accepted. I mean, it, with with you guys doing two shows plus the site, what what kind of stuff have you had to endure in terms of just growth and and growing your brand? Has it been all smooth sailing, or have you had some stumbling blocks along the way? I would say for me, one of the biggest things early on is you know we started off and you know we're having a good time enjoying the podcast. We're posting them. And it's just like the overwhelming amount of nothing, like no one commenting, no one saying anything. And like we got to a point where I felt like, you know, I don't even what's the point of doing this and no one's listening. And then we just happened to find someone that was 
um, pretty vocal about, you know, enjoying the podcast. And, we're, you know, we, we dubbed him the fan. And then, you know, eventually became like, a, you know, another kind of random character like on the show. And we were just really excited. It's like, okay, someone really is out there listening. You know, yeah. we're not just talking for our own amusement. Like we started joking that you know we're probably our um, our biggest fans because we'll listen and we're like, oh, these are really funny. You know, wish someone else really thought that these were funny too. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know. For me, it's just because it, you know, as much as there's like a lot of negativity on the internet, that doesn't always bother me as much. Like in fact, some of my favorite comments on the site are people just ripping into articles I've written. And I'll just I'll I'll go to Agamemnon and start reading them to him, just laughing like these are hilarious. But it's just really because I'm just glad that somebody is at least taking the time to say something, you know. And to me, if it's if it's negative, oh well, you know. But if, it, if it's positive, you know, that's great. But to me, for me, like the worst is this nothing. Like to say yeah. nothing. Like if someone on the internet wants to bother me, they will do nothing, and then I'm just like. You know, because, okay, we made a video, and it was a really cheesy video. It was for a giveaway. Yeah, we thought it was pretty hilarious, and we were hoping uh, – I think we – no, we were thinking about putting it on Funny or Die uh, just to see how funny people found it or if it was just going to be, like, on the die meter or something like that. But I don't know. It just it never – it got, like, after, what, six months, it's, it's got 32 <laughs> views. And we have, like, 100-and-something followers now, and it's like, really? No one's watching this? It, yeah, it was just the fact that it, it just looked like a really cheesy, like – I don't know, just call it a B movie would be giving it too much praise. But I was expecting people to be like, you know, at least watching, like, you guys are retarded. Like, you know, like, there's like some reaction at all because we kept watching it. We're just like, this this is so ridiculous. Like, you know, we're expecting some sort of response. And then, you know, you spend all this time doing something and then it's just like, you feel like no one's watched it and no one really, like, has any opinion of it at all, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah, that hurts more than than getting, because we got pretty thick skin. You know, we work in a jail. We're called, like, Pussy maggot fucker bitch. Or <laughs> Pretty something. much everything under the sun. Anything that you can think of that's that's gonna make you angry and want to punch somebody. Yeah, you know, I've we... been called a cold piece of spicy chicken before. So <laughs> you, know, you call me that. I've been called a jive turkey by a fifty year old convict. You know, nothing's gonna hurt me. It hurts more to say nothing at all than to say, you know, you have fat, ugly pepperoni nipples. Uh, it, you know, it's I, true. I, I got, I know, I got a couple guys that are, that are COs. I mean, here in New York City at Rikers Island, I had a couple. My godfather worked a tour in in Spofford, which is a kids facility. Uh, one of the guys that that I worked with, he was a CO in Rikers, and he went down south, and he he used to share some of the crazy stories. Of you know be, being being a CEO, so I, I can understand the, the the necessity for thick skin, and I know you know you were you were talking about your your missus being from Brooklyn, so she knows it's like you know that that's all that's all it is that's all it's about it's thick skin, and and I do have to agree I think it's it's more frustrating when you don't see nothing than when you see something. I mean I've got I I've you know I've received the the occasional hate mail, and I just read it on air. I go, yeah, this is what I got from this person, and this is what they said, and then I go, now here's what I gotta say, and it just it just snowballs into into complete terror. I mean, you, you know, you and and sometimes the feedback you get is the most inane things, like like what you were saying, you know, about the the, the people complaining about the girl's voice, like somebody will say, hey, you know, you forgot to put an apostrophe in this sentence, and it's like you read this entire 800 page article. And that's all you got from it—a fucking yeah, apostrophe. Yeah, annoying too. You know, I, like stuff like that, I can understand. I mean, but it, it's 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 a tribulation that kind of validates what you do because you're like, hey, at least people are paying attention. Yeah, they're reading. They got that far. They got you know, and when people say something like that, hey, you forgot to you forgot to put a T, 
you know, on the here on paragraph three. He's like, oh, sweet. You know, you got to paragraph three. That's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> it's I'll, a good time. Right yeah. 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 I had one article in particular. Um, it was before Diablo three came out and I was writing about, you know, the characters that are going to be in there. And I mentioned, you know, this will be the second time a monk character will be appearing. And then someone had this snide comment. It was like, who told you that a monk was ever in Diablo? I was like, yeah, he was in the expansion pack, buddy. Yeah. You know, it's Hellfire. Like, yeah. It's like when they, when they try to like, you know, impart some, you know, quote unquote knowledge on you. And, and it's just like, it's not even right. Like you go to Wikipedia and figure, figure this out in like three minutes. So I, I think I, I think I said something really like sarcastic, like, um, yeah, you might want to try opening him up a uh, book, bro, or something like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I remember uh, I was on the Battlefield Four um, trailer video, watching it on EA's uh, YouTube. Has nothing to do with our side, I know, but I, I just figured it's a it's honorable mention. <laughs> and somebody, you know, it's the new Battlefield's running off uh, uh, the Frostbite Three, and now you can take down skyscrapers. From uh, what I'm hearing, I've yet to see that video, but mm. uh, Beetle, our third counterpart in this podcast, um, he was mentioning that um, he re- he works closely with some people at EA too, so he gets a little bit of the insider cool stuff. And um, yeah, so he's like, yeah, you can take down skyscrapers now, like as big as you know the Empire State Building. I was like, man, that's incredible. And like when the the thing starts falling, you know, you can jump out, you know, and parachute downwards and then get shot in the air or something with some asshole <laughs> sniping on. Uh, but I mean, I was just like, that's incredible. And you know, I, I'm sitting there watching uh, the 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 trailer that came out a couple of months back, and uh, somebody goes, oh, uh, Frostbite Three, that's what uh, Battlefield Three is running on right now. And some other guy goes, uh, no, it's it's running on Frostbite Two, uh, that and the latest Madden and, and some other game or, or, or Need for Speed. I think it was the other one are like the only couple of games that are using Frostbite Two. And I was I just backed that guy up like, yeah, man, it's Frostbite Two. And the guy goes, no, dude, Frostbite Three. And I sent him another comment. I was like, man. Like, I just had to go and fact check because you're making me doubt, but <laughs> I saw, and it's Frostbite 2. I fired up my game. I have it. You know, I'm a level 2, uh, uh, a Colonel 2 on, on Battlefield 3 online. So I was like, yeah, dude, it's Frostbite 2, man. And he goes, Frostbite 3. And all I sent was, <laughs> why are you trolling, dude? You're trolling. And he just, like, he uh, he uh, inboxed me later on just with a smiley face. I was like... You got me. You got me. There's like stuff like that. I wish we had on our website. You know, yeah. it's like that's what I want. I want that kind of like trolling camaraderie. You know, I kind of I kind of thrive off of that. So, and if you can, you know, tag me along for you know three three more responses before you have to send me a smiley face. You know, then you know, job well done. Yeah, it's like at least with stuff like that, at least it's clever. It's not just oh fuck you, you suck. You know, it's like you know that they know the material that you know, and they and they just want to just poke fun. But you know, to me, it, it was something like that. If it's done clever, then you know, then it's like you know, all the more you know, enjoy yourself. Yeah. That's what I say. There you go. That make I mean, you guys, you guys make make valid points with regards to that. It's always it's always going to be a a struggle. And now with social media, which is my next question I have for you guys, you know, social media has been pretty much at the forefront of just getting getting your name and your brand out there. I, for you guys, how, how well has that worked out for you in terms of just engaging with your audience from a social standpoint? Because, I mean, like Facebook, it's good. I mean, that's that's how I engage with, with you guys, you know, with one of you anyway, <laughs> you know, through Facebook. So, I mean, it, it has its place, but do you feel that the reliance on, the reliance on social media is kind of eliminated 
I, I guess the personal aspect of branding, like you guys, you can go on Twitter and share your thoughts and people are like, yay, you know, I'll retweet it, whatever. But it, it's not the same like what you were saying versus somebody coming to your site and, and kind of trolling and, and that camaraderie that you develop. How do you guys feel with regards to that? Yeah, I kind of feel like social networking is kind of a necessary evil. You know, we haven't really had that much success. You know, we've been, you know, our, our Twitter I think on our Twitter, we have a pretty decent amount of followers, but we never get replies to anything. Unless it's someone that we know from, like, another social media or from a forum or something like that. Like very rarely is it, like, organic where someone's like, oh, hey, I actually clicked on the link that you tweeted. Yeah. And Facebook is a little bit better. We, we have a little bit more interaction on there. But sometimes, you know, we'll, like, you know, like I was saying before, where it's like we'll, we'll post a lot of stuff and just get, like, absolutely no feedback. Yeah. And I do feel like, you know, if we had a lot more interaction, like directly on the site, you know, because to me, it's like all those social media is just there to get you to the site. Like they're 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 not really the the important part. And people kind of treat that like that's like the, the last stop. It's like, all right, let's just hang out on Facebook all day. It's like, all right, well, that's cool. You know, but ultimately, you know, I'd prefer people to actually go to the site and. You know, it looks pretty nice, you know. You know, we had a webmaster that spent a lot of time on that, so. Yeah, our stance is more of kind of having people organically uh, find us out while still kind of, like, pimping ourselves. Like, hey, you know, here's a podcast you might like. But, uh, you know, I, I, I on, on Facebook at least, I get a lot of, like, invites to join a page. And I'm like, I don't want to join your superhero dog page or, <laughs> you know, you just came out with the review website. Like, I'll check out the review, but I ain't going to like it until I know that I do like it mm. because, you know, it's just the kind of person I am. Right. But, uh, you know, always getting these invites. And I think we've invited like maybe two people. And one of those was just like my brother who procrastinates on everything. And it's like, <laughs> hey, dude, you're you're a flipping admin. At least like the damn page that you're an admin of. You know, oh, it's man. just to me that's like good social standing. Um, and like one other person who was interested. And so we're like, yeah, OK, we'll send you an invite. So when we did and they started following. But we don't go and sit there and like, oh, I'm going to spam my my like page to, to everyone on my on my um friends list you know i don't do things like that uh prometheus doesn't do things like that and it's the same thing on twitter where we always get like hey you know you know follow fridays is one thing that's cool because it's kind of it's more of like a passive pimping because you're kind of saying it to everybody and like hey follow these people or don't but it's not as in your face as like hey like my facebook page you know where it's more individualized instead of just like um well i guess you got to pay for those adverts that just show up on your on your um, news stream <coughs> Well, you, but, um, what you're saying is you like you like the the down low shill, but not the obvious shill. <laughs> <laughs> I like the down low. Well, I like it's like, more hey, of like an endorsement. Yeah, it's more of an endorsement in that aspect. And you know, I've gotten people to to like our page, like uh, our our um, Twitter page, like uh, Rich Stanton. You know, he's a big uh, prolific uh, video game writer. He's written for like IGN and Destructoid and Euro. I think he's currently writing for Euro, Euro Gamer. And, you know, it was like uh, he was saying something and I threw like a joke out there. And this was a couple of months ago. And then um, I guess he, he saw uh, our, our thing or the name, you know, our Twitter name straight out of Austin. And he was like, oh, hey, Austin. And, you know, uh, you guys, something, something, have a drink on me. And I was like, OK, cool. And, you know. Five minutes later, he started following me, and he favorited our tweet. And I was like, cool, you know, we got somebody like that following us. And there's a lot of other things. Like Dan Hardy, he was one of our first followers. Yeah, we had, like, like out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was one of our first, like, ten followers. Like, And, yeah, he just ended up liking our page. We don't even know if he visits the website, but it's like, hey – I don't really care for him much, but it's Dan <laughs> Flippin' Hardy, you know, MMA fighter, UFC fighter with the red mohawk, you know. Guy got knocked out by Carlos Condon. Oh, yeah, with his own, with his own with left his, hook. With his own sick oh, left hook. Oh, man. 
But he's yeah. following us. You know, we didn't have to go looking for him or or telling him to follow us. And it's really slow. There's there's a couple of other ones. Um, the angry something guy, and uh, he started well after. No, we, he started well after we did. And he's got, but he's one of those people who are just kind of like you know, you know, asking you to follow him and all this stuff. And he's got like three thousand followers, and I guess he's got his own little uh, thing going on. Yeah. And, I mean, that's cool that if that's what you want to do, but. Like me personally, I'm not the kind of people. I'm not the kind of person that likes to impose things on others. And so, if if that's how you get your socks off, that's great. But like for me, like it doesn't really stand with my moral fiber. And it's the same thing with Facebook. Like I will, you know, for the page, we'll pimp um, the articles and stuff so that people that like the page are going to get the latest news and they of can course. go and click on um, stuff like that. But we don't go like you know spamming it and telling other people to spam it and you know creating like multiple accounts that like the page spamming it, <laughs> which I've heard certain websites that still not be. Oh, I've seen, it. I've seen mm-hmm. that, I've seen that, and and you know what I I asked that because everybody has their a different approach. Like for us, you know, like we, we for a while we had a forum on the site and the forum was 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 popping, and then like anything else, you know, the forum medium is just dying. So. It's all Facebook, like you know, like you guys said. It's all about everybody's hanging out on Facebook, 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 Facebook. So after a while, it's like, all right, I might as well embrace the hate and start using using Facebook for 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 my brand. Same thing with with Twitter. I mean, it, it's very crazy because the way I look at it is, Twitter is the equivalent of man yells at cloud, and it's like <laughs> you just yell out there and you hope it sticks, and then. Uh, Facebook, you can kind of interact a little more personally. That's why we, you know, mentioning that Dan Hardy follows you. It's funny because you know I, I like Dan Hardy, and and to have him follow you, that's that, that you know that's that's a that's a big to do, especially a, a guy who's out there and and it it clearly has to show that he's either checked out the site or or become invested enough to to become familiar with your brand. You know that's that that's a that's a pretty nice feather in your cap. You know I commend you guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny also because I've never written anything about Dan Hardy. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I read mainly about um, the, you know, female MMA. But uh, I was just gonna say about Facebook. The one, the positive thing I will say about it, and I do love sharing like from other pages. And I think like it's a good way to expose people to other stuff where it's not like gratuitous. Like, hey, you know, like this person's stuff. You know, yep. Like, if, you know, it's, it's just really cool if you see something that's related to what you think your audience will like, and you can share it. And it's not like. There's a lot less like red tape than like just taking their content and putting it on your site. So it, it allows, you know, people to get exposed to stuff they normally wouldn't. Yeah, a good example of that in my case was my wife likes to share all this funny stuff and she recommended it to me. So it's like the whole like the word of mouth thing I think really works and that's I like the word of mouth uh, promotions. And she said, Yeah, you gotta like this be kind to nerds uh uh Facebook page. They're funny as shit and they have a lot of stuff you like and sometimes they post like hot chicks and Iron Man outfits it's like sweet i'm all for that so i started liking them and then after that i found women in cosplay and i follow tons of cosplayers and i had never heard of women in cosplay it's one of the biggest um uh, cosplay uh facebook pages that's out there so i started following them and i went from following them to following you know you know another funny facebook page to another funny facebook page to another funny and now like my whole news feed is flooded with just hilarious little memes and stuff and i'm like you know i it, I can't go a day on Facebook without having something there making me laugh. And then, oh, look, a suicide girl here every now and again. So that reminds me to go ahead and log in this, into suicidegirls.com. <laughs> just to round out the day. Yeah, just around. Yeah. 
Okay, occasionally it has to be done. That, that's why I ask because everybody has a different approach. And, you know, I mean, one, one of the reasons of, of doing behind the mic is just sharing the process with our listeners because a lot of people, they go to, to our sites and our respective brands and they look at it, but they don't understand how much goes into behind the scenes. I mean, before we started recording, you know, I was, I was telling, you know, I was acknowledging the rig you guys had built because that's what I'm saying. Like all this stuff costs money. Like that's the thing. Like, like people, people expect that, you know, you sit there and, and you're churning out content and you don't have real jobs. Like, it's like, Oh, why isn't the show up yet? Like, well, cause I have a real job. <laughs> yeah, I got to do something to pay the bills. You ain't paying my bills. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is all for free. You know, the, like the what little money we make, we make like thirty cents a week off of like Google <laughs> ads, and we just barely got ads. Like a, a couple of months ago, we tried doing Google ads like last year, and I think it netted us total in like ten months' time, like twenty bucks. Yeah, it was something like and, that. You know, it works for some websites, and it doesn't work for others. So really, I mean, there's no one solution. There might be a popular solution, but there's no one solution that's gonna like you know where you're gonna pick. Oh well, you know, someone told me Amazon ads work, so you're full of shit, Jay. I was like, well, no, because it doesn't work for everybody. It's not a hundred percent foolproof. Nothing, nothing is. You know, like you know, um, there's a guy named um, he owns a website, Eight Way Run, and it tells you how to um, what the hell's his name, Jaxel, J A X E L, and um, he's a very good person, very informative, and he runs. Um, um, an arcade outside of New Jersey, I think just on the other side of the bridge, uh, and it's I think it's called Local Battles. Right, I've heard of them. Okay, yeah, I forget what it's called, um, but a lot of people go and play there, and he does streams there, but on his website, he actually has a how-to of how to run, how to um, pretty much make your own stream, and he he uh, breaks it down in, in uh, two, uh, uh, in three articles, each one is, is like a step, so the first one is buying your audio equipment. He has a little diagram shows you how to hook up everything, and he goes into the 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 do's and don'ts and and the comparisons between uh, different mixers and audio equipment and headphones and stuff like that. And so that's actually how I got my Yamaha mixer, which was about 150 bucks. And and that's the other cool thing is that uh, at the end of it all, he pretty much prices it to where like you know. Uh, uh, computer aside, if you're going to build it yourself, you know, it was a pretty elaborate, uh, what he had, you know, he goes off, he can only go off by what he knows, but that's what he's, that's what he's trying to say. Like, yeah, everyone's going to have a different opinion and you just got to find what works for you. And he even breaks it down all the way to the actual video recording device. And he breaks it down at the time, this was like two years ago, uh, between three different ones. And, you know, it's very informative. So if I can find it, I can send you the link and you can post it, um, to your fans and stuff as well. Um, so for anybody that's interested in, in starting their own little like Twitch stream or just a video stream, I mean, this is one third of what he had explained. And it's just the audio and, and totals like maybe 300 bucks for all this. Like these mics were, um, on sale on Amazon for like a hundred dollars for three. And they came with three free mic stands, which usually run about 40 bucks on their own each. Nice. Yeah. You guys, but I think that. trying to say is that when you go to the website, you see those ads on the side, you should just click them. Just you know. click them. CPMs, <laughs> CPMs, guys. Definitely click them. I, t- I tell people all the time. I make I make no no qualms about it. It's like, hey, you know, there's an ad there. It's not there to take up space. It's there because it helps us pay the bills. And you know, it's it's, it's a valid point. It's like, especially when you don't have a donate button on your on your on your site, and you're not actively telling people like, hey, give us money. It's like, look, mm-hmm. click click an ad, click one ad, you know, yeah, click an was- ad here and there. It helps it helps out. Like like. Obviously, you can't go crazy and solicit people to click them, but 
it, it, they're there for a reason. Yeah, and, um, Niero Gonzalez, he's the the guy that he owns. Um, Destructoid, right? Uh, yeah, Destructoid is a great site, uh, by the way. And if I if I, re- if I know correctly, they're actually pretty independent. Even though they get a lot of insider news, they don't have like a, a corporate wage master, kind of like how <laughs> IGN had for the longest time uh, under the Fox banner uh, News Corp. Um, so they were really restricted, and, and and I think a lot of their practices are at fault with uh, Fox uh, News Corp. Um, but anyways, uh, Destructoid I don't think falls under that kind of umbrella, and they have people like Jim Sterling who are highly opinionated, almost dickish, assholeish people, <laughs> and he even kind of you know the the I mean just seeing the way he names his uh, podcasts like one was like Dragon Teacher breast nipples or something nice. like that he got a lot of hate for that uh this was like uh a podcast he brought out a couple of weeks ago i mean just just shows you like the kind of uh unrestraint that, or lack of restraint that they have um but it's an incredible website highly opinionated and you know you'll find somebody that you might disagree with them a lot but at least they're opinionated enough to where um they can write an article and hate a game legitimately and not get flack from like the publishers for it. And even if they do, it's like, well, so what? You know, we're we're a big website and we're allowed to have these opinions just like anybody else. You know, we don't have to give you a puff piece mm-hmm. and, you know, break down a game and hate on it and give it an eight eight out of ten like the you know what other websites do. Um, which is just bullshit. But he wrote an article because I guess their CPMs or not yeah, I guess their CPMs were kinda low. They're uh, bad uh ad banner impressions were really low and usually it's around eighty five percent and for I guess their last couple of months it was like seventy five and then it dropped down to like sixty. So, you know, when you hit that sixty uh percent threshold, you know, he was explaining in his little open newsletter that he had written uh to all the fans of the website, um, that hey, you know, if you can, you put Destructoid in the in the. Uh, I'm not familiar with um, um, what do you call it? Your little ad adware programs uh, that block ads. But I guess there's something called like a whitelist. Oh yeah, right. so it doesn't yeah. block it. Yeah, so that it doesn't block it. So he was saying, you know, please, uh, please unblock it. And if you go to the comments in that letter, I, I think the first one he writ- wrote was kind of um, a little dickish, and I think he uh, rewrote it or at least. Uh, sent it through a few of the editors who kind of rewrote it for him. But, uh, I mean, the point was clear, though. Like, hey, you know, this is what pays the bills. I'm sorry that these uh, uh, um, look ugly or, you know, they're a pain in your ass, but because um, you're able to come to this site and we get paid for it, you know, that's what pays the bills. You know, seeing the the Whataburger ads or, (laughs) you know, the WoW, you know, subscribe to WoW now or, you know, whatever LASIK eye surgery stuff <laughs> like all the, all the other crazy stuff that comes on there you oh yeah know? of course whatever whatever your cookie whatever it's reading on your cookies on your on your laptop you know that's what you're gonna get but i mean that that pays the big the big websites bills and 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 that's why uh websites like ign and kotaku you know they make these little wikis and stuff and stuff like ign my ign and you know these bs bios that don't tell you anything um more than what the back of a DVD would tell you, um, you know, it's all it's all uh, impressions, and you know, you go to the website, the front page, and you got to go through a huge advert before you even get there, and then when you do get there, this is a big drop down thing that you have to exit off, and then in the background, you know, you don't get the 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 default IGN page because someone has bought that background <laughs> to put their latest video game on there, and all that pays the bills, and if you delete all that, you know. Um, 
they then they'd have to fire people eventually because they're not making enough money. That's right. You know. So he had an open newsletter, and I thought it was pretty uh, great. And if you read the comments, there's people like, hey, you know what? I'm putting you in my whitelist right now. Uh, if they're lying or whatever, so what? I mean, at least they, they put the thought to say, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for you guys because I love this website. You know, and you got people, fans like that, that are that dedicated. They're going to do stuff like that for you. Those are the people that you want around. And then there's other people like, wow, you're going you're gonna to say something like that. I'm, I'm never coming to this website again. That's just <laughs> – you shouldn't be asking stuff like that. And we're just like, what to – the one thing that pays the bills, mm. you know, that's that's what they're asking. You know, that's what, right. What, what else do you expect? You know, it, it it's um, I forget the word, but it's a necessary evil. You know, put yes, it that yeah. way. You know, not a lot of people want to go through uh, ad banners and stuff, but you know, how do you think you get your favorite television programs? It's the same thing. You got to watch commercials. It's the same damn thing. And um. As yeah, bullshit as it is, Hulu Plus, you gotta <laughs> pay for commercials, but you know, you're getting to watch the full season of the shows you like. Um, whether you agree or disagree, you know, that's paying the bills. Yeah, it's like it's the way it's gonna be until someone finds a way to make money off of free content. You, you know, like if someone develops some other way to do it, you know. I mean yeah. it's advertising, advertising well, I mean, revenue. Just the PBS route, that's the only real other real route where you're being able to provide more or less free content and you're just receiving donations for it. Yeah. You know? That well, makes sense. In the center. I mean, that's 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 the only way I see. Yeah. Well, my my last question is 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 one that is always uh, an interesting response from people. Where where do you want to take punching the walls of reality? What what's the what's the goal down the road for you guys? Do you guys want to become more more uh, more video based? Do you guys want to become more original content to where? It's kind of like a just a hub of of great of great stuff, or do you think that it's the the site is uh, ancillary to the audio product and the video product? Um, well, for me, where where I'd like to see it is eventually um, more video. Yeah, um, I I really want to do like video reviews and stuff like that. That's something that that we have coming down the pike. Um, I really would like to get Punch in the Walls reality big enough where it is kind of more of a hub and we can see people that are also making content that's really good, but they might not have that exposure. You know, we can put their stuff on the site as well. And that way, you know, they have a whole, they're exposed to a whole other audience. And, uh, I don't know, like original content is really, we actually started with a lot more original content and then we kind of moved over to news, but I would like to do more original content ultimately. And I don't know, I'm kind of burnt out with doing news sometimes. Um, unless it's something you. like in particular, yeah. <clears throat> but it's like you know I'm trying to post something like every day, and sometimes you don't have time to write like, hey, here's my top ten, you know, favorite moments in Game of Thrones. It's like that takes time, you know. So in the meantime, you know, you got to put something out there, you know, or else people are like, oh, this website hasn't updated in two days, they it might not be down. doing it anymore. And, yeah, if you don't put an update out, then people tend to forget, and then like, oh, hey, uh, you put something out Friday, and it doesn't get as many views as like this you know useless little blurb that you posted you know five days prior because like people have been waiting. Those four days in between, and they get nothing, so they mm. go somewhere else to satiate their hunger for news. And and then you put something out which you think is incredible, and it doesn't get doesn't do as good as you want. So uh, that's a, that's what a lot of people, if you're put, pumping out content, you gotta you gotta kind of be constant. And it's hard; it's very hard um, to to kind of put yourself in that routine where you're trying to put something out like every two or three days. Like I had challenged myself to put out comics, and then mm. all these little life foibles happen and you know my wife just came out of the hospital a couple of days ago and i had to take off some time 
uh, this whole month pretty much uh, to take care of her. So I'm trying to find a little bit of time. I actually finally had time to finish that Battlefield uh, oh, speculation yeah. <laughs> blog about uh, DICE making Battlefront 3. And then lo and behold, that was like Thursday yeah. um, or Wednesday as she was going under the knife. Um, I, I was able to finish that out uh, while she was under under the knife. So, And then I posted that uh, the same day. And then was it Monday? Yesterday they announced yeah, Battle, like a Battlefront yeah. Three. So I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, there we go. I'm glad I had finished it because I'd been sitting on that stupid article for like two or three weeks, just <laughs> dealing with all this other shit. So uh, hopefully, you know, being being off and taking care of my wife and kid will leave me a little bit of free time. <laughs> hey, that's that, yep. that. That's where it goes, man. It's it, it becomes where this is a, a second a second job to some or a third job to others. Uh, yeah, in my case, it's a third job. So, <laughs> you know, my real job, well, my family comes first, my real job comes next, and then this job comes third, sadly. But I try to put the third above the second whenever, <laughs> as, as much as possible. So we'll see. Yeah, but like Wednesdays, I used to try to make that. I was pretty constant for like three or four weeks of just doing, uh, you know, comic reviews because comics drop every every Wednesday. So. Yep. Uh, the last one I was doing was uh, on Morning Glories, and I've been sitting on that one for like two months. So um, hopefully I'll get to uh, post something by tomorrow night if I stay up really late tonight to, <laughs> to finish it up finally. But yeah, but, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like Punch in the Walls reality. It, it's such a labor of love, you know. It's like sometimes, you know, sometimes like I'll stay up like all night. You know, like today I edited um, the, the podcast we recorded Monday night, and it was two hours long. I recorded, you know, I got all the editing, you know, all the editing done. You had, we had some um, technical problems. Finished it, took, you know, so it took like maybe like two and a half hours. Accidentally deleted it and had to do it again. Like I, like I've never, I've never even done that before. But it was just like one, one foul click of the mouse, and I, and I started because you know I was re-listening to it to make sure you know, everything sounded all right. And I hear the intro, and then like all the audio is just silent. I'm like, what did oh. I do? <laughs> oh, oh man, I raised. I'm like, all right. I, I didn't need... know that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I need. I was just like, all right. I need to get out of the house. I need to go be with other human beings before like I flip out. So yeah. And then there's other times like where I try to at least once a month review a game because as little time as I have, I only have time to. You know, it's like a lot of these big companies they get the they get the freebies and shit. We don't get freebies. I got GameFly and I get the game whenever the hell they want to give it to me, <laughs> a brand new game. So uh, I finally got what was it back in. Um, March, I had been waiting for Nino Cooney, and I ended up getting the new uh, Devil May Cry instead. So I sat through that stupid game for three weeks, being Oof. able to play it on and off every now and then, and I hated the game. I reviewed it and showed how much I hated it, and then I got like a, a, a I think I got one reply, and it was just like nonsense. I don't even remember <laughs> what it was, but I don't even think it had anything to do with the game. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that. Per se. And then um, then I got Ostra's Wrath instead of Nino Kuni again. I was like, well, this game's old. I'm just going to play it. And I thought that game was garbage. And it's like, I'm not going to review two garbage games in a row. Especially wow, you didn't like Asura's Wrath? Wow. That's well, crazy. Okay. <laughs> it was fun. I liked it. But the first three chapters were so convoluted. And the <laughs> audio was so bad. And like, I tried to adjust the audio in the menu. And it just says overall audio, like never in any game that I've played, even going back to like old school games, would it give me the option. Usually it says like the BGM, the voice, the voice acting volume, and then there's like the master volume, and then there's like um, regular music, and then, you know, subtitle options, shit like that. And it's like, it just said, nope, overall volume. So 
as you're playing the game, and um, and I have surround sound, which is perfect for games like Battlefield and stuff like that. Um, but in Osher's Wrath, it was so frustrating because I couldn't hear. I had to, I had to have subtitles on. I usually do, but just you know because uh, when I'm playing late at night, I don't want to wake anybody up, so I have the volume low. But I had to have the subtitles on because this huge opera music number would come in and it would drown out all the audio. And then out of nowhere, then you just hear like a ha like huge punch. And then when they'd start uh, just having a dialogue, like you could barely even hear it because the music's just blaring over. And, you know, it, it just like the audio overall just seemed like really, really sloppy for that game. The gameplay was really fun, but it kind of got repetitive and the first three chapters, were, I, like I had no idea what I was doing for the first three chapters because there was like no proper introduction, and you you didn't get a tutorial till like chapter three or four, I think, which is just really odd. Well, for me, for me, I'm a I'm a Street Fighter mark, so you know I I, I play all the fighting games, but like Capcom has a, a soft spot, so you know I, I played a Server's Wrath, and I'm like, wow, this game is bananas, and I and I was in the same camp you were with regards to audio, where I was like, all right, what's up with the audio, but. For me, yeah. I ended up remedying that just by upping the center channel to hear the dialogue better, and okay. that actually that actually leveled it out for me. But occasionally, I'll play with headphones on, and and you know that'll make it that that actually just made the experience better. And I actually finished it, and and I, and, and I can understand where where you're coming from. Like it's not it's not the most amazing game ever, but you know what it is like like when you're when you're playing on a big ass TV and you're like, holy shit, you're fighting a guy who's gonna put his fist through a planet. Like once I was able to rage out in that game, I was able to play out a few of my frustrations. Yeah. And then towards the end, you know, you fight the, I forgot what the guy's name, he had that badass sword and I played that in the demo and that's what made me love the game. So when I actually finally got to that part, I was like, okay, this is, this is where I wanted this game to be. And then you fight the big fat um, sumo dude that turns to like eight times the yep. size of the planet. You get to fight him again after playing the demo. It's like, okay, this is the game that I fell in love with. Where was this game? The whole you know, first three chapters where I'm just fighting like gorillas and donkeys. Or something like <laughs> yeah, it's really slow. Like I haven't played through the whole thing. I only played the, did I even get to chapter three? I think you got close. You got pretty much as far as I had gotten before I brought the game over. Yeah. And then, like, you played over and then I just took a nap. Yeah. Cause okay. Well, first Agamemnon was playing and it was just, I don't know. I just felt like they needed more game cause it was just like a story, a really like badly acted story. So Agamemnon was playing and I fell asleep and then um, I started playing, and he fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, me and Beetle, like uh, Bob Beetle was in the room, we just look at each other. We took Azor's wrath out and put it in justice. <laughs> we started playing yeah. that. We're like, don't let him wake up. Jesus. And then I woke up, and then I started hating on injustice. So. <laughs> oh, man. But I'm the same as you, though. We are huge, massively, incredibly huge Capcom. Like, our favorite fighting game is Third Strike, hands down. Yeah. And, I, like, we couldn't be any 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 bigger Capcom fans. Like, I don't know how many Capcom games I have, even like dating back from the PS2. But Capcom's like the games they produce are incredible. It's just like lately, you know, the games that they've been releasing on the Unreal Three Engine, DMC, and Ostrodath, and a couple other ones, you know, they haven't been up to par. You know, and even for and like CyberConnect too, you know, they're the ones that. Um, and actually, um, DMC was another game that I actually mentioned in my review. Because both of those games were outsourced to uh, third-party companies, they weren't up to maybe what Capcom wanted. But I've played the uh, Naruto Ultimate Ninja series uh, 2 and 3, and I loved at least the second one was incredible. Uh, the quality in, on every aspect of that game, aside from the fighting system, um, were just incredible. 
one. They kind of dropped the ball with the third one. And but with Ashra's rap, I was kind of expecting the same like epicness. At least with the major fights, it was incredible. Um, and you know the button sequences, that was no no big surprise there. But I don't know. Like there's a lot of parts in that game when you compare it to having played Ultimate Ninja Storm Two, where it just felt really rushed. And, yeah. Uh, at the end that. of it, it just felt really unfinished. And then come to find out, like. Oh, if you want the true ending, uh, you got to beat the game on hard, or you can just buy the DLC for like ten bucks. And I was just like, "Wow, really?" Yeah, it's weak. So yeah, the DLC I, crutch is a, is a major gripe I have. So I I, I share I, I share your frustrations with that. I mean, I I do a lot of streaming, and I you know we like to do a lot of retro streaming, like old blast from the past stuff. And it, it, it's like it's like you know you got to love Capcom when you decide to stream um, Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha. Oh you know, wow! Yeah, and, and, and I'm talking yeah. old PS1, yeah, you know, Super Skullomania <laughs> graphics. Like people were on the stream were like, "What the hell is this shit?" <laughs> this geometry class. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm about to start following you on that, then, man. Yeah, we 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 do a lot of the old stuff on Twitch, so you guys you guys can check it out. We played um we streamed Aliens versus Predator, the arcade game from Capcom. Oh. God, I love oh that game. God, wow. I wasted no oh man, so many quarters. Yeah, we put that on a yeah, I, I don't do a lot of commentary, so we I, I streamed it and I decided I'm gonna do some commentary on it. So it's like playing through the game, doing the commentary, and then we uploaded it to the YouTube channel and the only comment I got was because the the female character I was using her and she died and I was just like, Oh, she's dead and and that that's all that somebody wrote in a comment. She's dead. I was like, Oh man. <laughs> Like thanks for that. <laughs> he had it right. Very very constructive. Well, to, j- just to to wrap things up and um, bring everything full circle. Of course, um, you guys have the two shows, which is straight out of Austin, going to episode now sixty eight, actually sixty seven, which yeah, I correct. just which I just saw on the site. I refreshed sneaky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so episode sixty seven <laughs> is up, and also you guys also do. The Save File Corrupted, which is now episode 18. You guys can find those on punchingthewallsofreality.com. Um, what other links did you guys want our, our listeners to check out? Um, I mean, if they love social media as much as we do, you know, you can just check us out on Facebook. Just type in punchingthewallsofreality.com. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at pitwar, P-T-W-O-R. And the little O. With the little O. Oh, with the little O. Yeah. yeah. Another uh, one I just want to plug, I think it's a great um, Facebook group. Uh, it's called uh, Nerd Geeks and Dorks. Um, really? And it's a pretty good <laughs> community. Yeah, I think you, I think you or uh, any of your fans will really like it. And we're, we're constantly posting on there. But, you know, if you're a Whovian, uh if you're a game nerd, <clears throat> or if you just love, like, um, comic book movies or comic book news, um, tons of Whovians. I can't, I can't explain it enough. Like, people <laughs> love Doctor Who on that. Yeah. Um, on that group. So if you love any of those things, especially Doctor Who, then follow that, uh, you know, join that Facebook group or send me. I, I, I can invite people. So, um, you know, send uh, just let me know that you want to invite. Um, yeah, send me one. I def- I'll, I'll stop in there. I don't I don't mess around with too many groups because then my timeline ends up looking like a crime scene. But, um, <laughs> you know, but if it's stuff that's in my wheelhouse, I usually I usually do it. I mean, the majority of the groups I'm in now are all, you know, podcasting groups and. Oh, okay, and stuff cool. like that. So, you know, definitely, definitely send it my way. Um, anything else you want to add? 
Um, not really. Just check out punchthewallsreality.com. You know, leave us some comments. You know, whether you like what we do, hate what we do. You know, just you know, just leave something. You know, we like to hear from people. Yeah, and if uh, you know yourself, Rob, or if anybody um, anybody out there listening, you know, wants us to interview them or just wants to join join the podcast, you know, we're we're starting to do the Skype thing. Uh, well, our first one will actually be. I don't know if you're going to post a video of that. Um, no, we'll discuss that later. Okay, well, yeah, we're we're working on it, but we're we're going to go to this format, this Skype format, eventually, to where you can see us on the video and uh, just kind of slowly trickling into that whole medium. Um, but yeah, if you just want to join us to, uh, for a good audio podcast, it doesn't matter where you live. If you got Skype, you can tune in. We, uh, you can be on the on the podcast, and you know it's, it's just a good time. You know, and um, we got our little Google Docs thing. We can um, fill you in on that if you want to be on the Gamecast, or if you just want to come and shoot the shit with us and just have a good time, drink some beer, <laughs> sing some songs. Yeah, sing some Fight songs. Or even if world. you're in the local Austin area or somewhere close by, then you know by all means just contact us, join us, and we'll set up an extra mic. There you go. Very, very friendly people, so don't ever be afraid to. Nobody be afraid to ask us. I know I have a scary <laughs> face, but uh, don't be afraid, don't be afraid to ask us. You know, just I I can't state that enough. I even I go on Facebook and still get no replies, or go on Twitter get no replies. But yeah, we'd love to have people just like, hey, I'd love to be on your show. I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it, <laughs> let's set it up. Well, there you have it. Well, guys, um, thank you for taking us behind the mic, and um, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. You yeah, know, thanks really, for having us. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. You've just heard My Take Radio's Behind the Mic interview series with the crew from Punching the Walls of Reality. To learn more about Punching the Walls of Reality, make sure to check out all their links in the interview notes. As for us, you can listen to My Take Radio live every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific by clicking the Listen tab on MyTakeRadio.com. You can also keep up with My Take Radio's updates by looking for us on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Thanks for listening.